Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. The, the purpose of the message is to, to see that within the, the demands of, of life, right, if we ignore the secret place, we do so to our own detriment, to our own harm. We need to pursue God in those, in those quiet places. And it's in the secret place that we are reoriented in relationship to our Father God. And it's in the secret place where we are refueled, where we're filled up again in order to accomplish what God has called us to do. And the reality of all of our lives is that we're all looking for love, right? We're all looking for value. And so often, the things that we do with our life are in order to prove that we are valuable, that we have what it takes, that we deserve love. We do things in order to to show ourselves, to show the world, to show our moms and our dads that we have something to offer, that we deserve that love. But the, the difficulty... And the problem that we continually run into is that we try to get these needs met, these legitimate needs of love and affection and having a place and being valued, these legitimate needs, we try to get them met in something that will never satisfy. And so it's a a heart issue. Often we we are looking to to show the world that we're valuable, so maybe we work really hard, We, we... do everything. We prove that we're the, the best in, in our business, right? But that leads to, to workaholism, which leads to, to burnout and stress and being maxed out. Or maybe it's in our parenting, right? We, as, as moms and dads, we want to, to give everything to our kids, and that's super good. It's super important. We want to uh, value and love and take care of our kids, But it's a question of the heart, right? Where is that coming out of? Are we serving and loving our kids to prove to the world, look at how valuable I am. Look what a great mom I am. Look what a great dad I am. But if it doesn't come out of a place of rest, right, it's not sustainable. And it never satisfies that longing inside of us. It may You know, we might get an adulation or a promotion at work and it feels good for for a moment, but pretty soon we just need to continue working harder and harder to keep going, I'm still valuable. I'm still worth it. And so we continue to do and to strive and to work and to prove that we're valuable. And sometimes we can even do this with our spiritual lives. We try to be the most spiritual person we can. We read our Bible every day. We pray every day. We're serving in this capacity and that capacity at church. And that is all good. I encourage you all, please serve at church. <laughs> but, the, uh, but if we're doing it out of this place to go, God, look at how good I am. You can love me. I deserve your love. Then it is never going to satisfy. We're never going to find rest in God's presence, because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. And so we get caught up in this cycle of proving and doing and proving and doing to say, I'm, here I am, look at me, look how great I am. I'm valuable, I'm worth love. And we just get stuck in this cycle. So the question is, what do we do? 
And that is why we're doing this series called Maxed Out. Over the next six weeks, we're going to look at a bunch of different aspects of, of why we get maxed out and how we can step into the, the presence of God and find balance in our lives. And we can find balance because all these things need to happen. We need to work. We need to take care of our kids. We need to go to church. We need to do a lot of things. But we can do it out of a place of rest, out of a place of balance. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Today, finding solitude. So you can turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to look at a, a little story in 12, verses 12 through 16. And this is near the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. He has been teaching. He has been casting out demons. He has been healing people. A lot of stuff is happening. And right at the beginning of chapter 5, Jesus begins calling his disciples. And so he sees a couple of guys fishing in in their boats, mending their nets. And he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they say, all right, we'll do it. They drop their nets and they follow Jesus. They leave everything. They leave their dad. They leave their fishing business. They leave all that they know to follow this rabbi, Jesus. And that's where we pick it up here in verse 12. And I think I've got it on the screen here. Yep. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So here in this story, we can see that Jesus all of a sudden has all these demands on his time. Like there are people coming out of the woodworks to get healed and to get touched. Even though Jesus had told this guy, you know, don't, don't tell anybody about this. You know, uh, just go re- present yourself to the priest so that you can be restored into the, the community. I've, I've got some more stuff to do, right? And yet this man who gets healed of his leprosy, he can't help but go look at what Jesus has done for me. Look at what the rabbi has done for me. He has healed me. And so it would, and people in that community would have known of this leper. They would have passed him on the streets. They couldn't touch him. They couldn't get close to him. They didn't talk to him. When he walked around, he would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people couldn't get close to him. And so Jesus, for probably the first time in years, somebody comes close to him and touches him. Wow, that's good. Says, I love you. You are valuable. You matter. Be clean. And so he celebrates. He tells everybody. And all these people are coming to Jesus. And and it would have been easy, I think, for Jesus and the disciples to keep teaching, to keep healing. 
Right? This is why he had come. We see later on in, in the Gospels that Jesus himself says, I, you know, I have come to seek and to save the lost. He had just told his disciples, we're going out to be fishers of men. Hey, all the men, all the people are, are coming to us. Isn't this great Jesus? For the disciples, this, it, it, it could have been exciting, even intoxicating maybe, right? All these people care. All these people want us to touch them. They want the rabbi. I'm on the inner circle. I'm one of him. I'm one of them, right? And so it's like, let's do this. This is going to be great. And we would expect verse 15 and 16 to say something like crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of his diseases. And Jesus healed and taught all the people. And all the people rejoiced and glorified God. That's not what we see. Not what we might expect. All these people are coming to be healed and touched by Jesus. But he says, no, we're going to draw away. We're going to get away by ourselves. And now certainly we do see that sometimes Jesus does heal all the people. Just in the, in the chapter before, chapter 4 of the book of Luke, in verse 40, it says, At sunset the people brought Jesus, all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. And so sometimes Jesus does heal all the people. We see him do miraculous things throughout the Gospels. But here in this moment where we would expect we're at the beginning of the ministry, we're looking for people, uh, this is our time, Jesus says, no, we're drawing away to lonely places. And so I think this is one of Jesus' first and, and one of the very, very significant lessons that he teaches his disciples. Right? Just 12 verses before, they were fishing. Now they're following Jesus. They're fishers of men. And he's like, we're getting out of here. He's teaching them. He said, we're not going to get our value. We're not going to get our identity merely from what we do. That's good. We're not just going to, to uh, puff ourselves up because of how people see us how impressive we are, how popular we are, how successful we are in the eyes of these people. Now, what Jesus teaches his disciples and what he is teaching us today is that our identity needs to come first and foremost from whose we are, not what we're doing. Jesus knew that the secret place of prayer and Think of prayer not just as this laundry list of things that we want Jesus to do for us, but it is a a time of connection with the Father. Connecting with God, and it's in that place of prayer, it's in the secret place where we reorient our lives back into right relationship with the Father. And it's in that place of reorientation with the Father that we are refueled, we are empowered to do what God has called us to do. Because doing is important. The last thing I want to uh, try to communicate in this message is that and good Christians kind of stay in, in the secret place, right? And we just have this amazing uh, conversation with God all the time, and we might sneak out to go to the grocery store, right? But no... And I'm not saying that. We, doing is important. We are called to, to serve. Jesus even says that we're going to do greater things than he did. And he did some pretty spectacular things. 
But the idea is that we need to come and spend time in the quiet place, in the secret place, in communion with God so that we can be reoriented and we can be refilled so that we can effectively accomplish what he's called us to do. So I want to look at these two ideas. First, to, to reorient. We need to reorient ourselves in the secret place. Jesus got his identity not from what he did, but again, from whose he was. We touched on this a little bit last week, but in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, got this up here, uh, it says, when all the people were being baptized, so this is two chapters earlier in the book of Luke, this is the book of, well, that's the wrong one. Here it is. Here's Luke 3, 21. In the book of Luke, Jesus is uh, come to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. And it says here in verse 21, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, with you, I am well pleased. This was before Jesus had done anything. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't taught in any synagogues. He hadn't cast any demons out. He's just at the the precipice, at the, the beginning of his ministry, and he comes to be baptized. And he has a supernatural encounter with the Father. The Holy Spirit falls. And he hears this voice say, You are my son. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And if Jesus often needed this, if he needed to come back and reorient and and hear the words of affirmation and love from his Father often, how much more do we need that? Do we need to, to prioritize coming away, getting away from the distractions and the the, the hecticness, the busyness of life coming into the presence of God and allowing him to speak his words of love and acceptance over us. And so this is not getting into the prayer closet and saying, Jesus, I need you to help me pay my mortgage. And Jesus, my marriage is in trouble. I need your help with that. And Jesus, would you help me figure out how to parent these teenagers? This is a lot harder than it used to be. right? We can come and we can ask all those questions, which we should do. But part of connecting in the secret place with God is coming and being still and being silent and saying, God, what do you want to say to me this morning? Or what do you want to say to me this afternoon, this evening? Because God is still speaking. God has things to say to you. And I can say with confidence that God says this very same thing to you. You are my precious son who I love. I'm proud of you. You are my precious daughter. I love you. I am so pleased with you. Good job. And I can say that not because I know you and I've been watching you and I can see that, yep, you've done enough. God is proud of you. No, we know that the Father loves us and he proved it when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us, to be restored back into right relationship with our Father. And so we need to often come to the quiet place, to the secret place, to reorient ourselves. Because as life goes on, it seems that this 
this teaching or this truth that God loves us and values us and that I am accepted in Him, it kind of leaks out. Anybody else found that? It's like we have this revelation, wow, God really loves me. And then all of a sudden we're doing and life is happening and it's, I'm feeling stressed and it's hectic and I'm, and I'm grumpy and I realize, man, it's been like three weeks since I've connected with, with God. You know, and so it, it, I've been in this kind of flow of teachings for like 24, 25 years and I, when I got saved it, in Redemption Christian Assembly up in Kalamazoo like 25 years ago, the, the, the Toronto blessing is what they call it. It had just happened in, in Toronto. And, and so many people were making this journey up to Toronto because the, the word was that, that God was pouring out in a special way up, up there and we wanted to see what was going on. And in that place, some weird stuff happened, some stuff that I wasn't quite sure about. People were laughing and crying and falling down, and there were some, some people that would lay there for, for hours under the, the power of God. And I'm like, God, that is weird. Why are you doing that? But what we would see is that after they would get up, after they would encounter God, and not everybody did, that wasn't, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't stuck to the ground as we heard, uh, you know, some testimonies of people. And, you know, I didn't, you know, have these kind of exuberant manifestations of encountering God. But the people that did, and when I would go to encounter God, we would see that people would fall more in love with Jesus. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like something the enemy would do. And so this, this, uh, this teaching of the 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 love of the Father, the Father heart message. I heard it tons and tons. I've, I've taught it and I've received it and, I, you know, and it's been so, so good. It's been life-changing for me. And I've heard it for 24 years and yet I still find at the end of a semester at school when I'm trying to get that paper done and when I'm trying to balance all this stuff in life, I'm stressed out and I'm freaked out because, oh, I haven't connected with God. I haven't reoriented my life on God. I'm so focused on me and my things that I'm completely out of whack. And so we need to come back and go, you know what, Jesus, this is all about you. And I don't have to do all this stuff to prove how valuable I am to myself or to, to my wife or my friends or the church or whoever. I can just come and know that I'm accepted, that I'm loved, that I'm chosen. And so we need to often come back into the, the secret place and allow the Lord to reveal his, his love for each one of us. And I think that this secret place in hearing the, the, the message of the Father's love is the only way that we're going to effectively break this cycle of doing in order to prove our value. So I encourage you, let's be people that pursue the secret place, to, who pursue encounter with God. And not only does the secret place reorient us in right relationship with the Father, but when we are reoriented with God correctly, we are refueled. Right? In Acts chapter 1, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? And so we come into the secret place, into right relationship with the Father, and we are filled with the Spirit. In my mind, I kind of see it like a picture. I'm not sure what they're called, but there's like those refueling planes. 
you know, and they're, they're flying, and so there's a jet that has to, or a bomber or something that has to go a long way, and so it has to come and line up correctly under the, the fueling plane, get refueled so that it can launch and fulfill what it has been called to do. Right? And so the secret place is like that for us. We come back into alignment with the Father to get refueled. And in Mark chapter 9, I think I have the... the yeah, nope, Mark chapter 9, here it is. Uh, Jesus is up on a mountain again. And again, he has this powerful, supernatural encounter with the Father. In verse 7 of Mark chapter 9, again, the Father says, This is my Son whom I love. And he comes down to, to find that his disciples are... Don't read this yet. I got ahead of myself. Don't read that. Everybody look away. Sorry. <clears throat> so the, Jesus comes down from the mountain, has this supernatural encounter with God. He finds that his disciples are struggling to cast the, a demon out of this, this boy. And Jesus is like, how long am I going to be with you guys? What's going on? And he's, the disciples are like, man, we've tried. We've cast it out. We've tried to pray it out. And nothing is going on. And Jesus comes over and says, you know, demon be gone. The demon shrieks kind of convulses the boy, and the demon's gone. Good job, Jesus. And then at the end in, of this chapter, in verse 28 and 29, it says, when all... Oh, uh, I'll just read it from... That's not changing, right? That's all right. I'll just read it. Verse 29. Maybe I duplicate... No. What about this? Nope. <laughs> okay. I can find it. I've got a Bible for just such an occasion. Mark chapter 9. Okay, so verse 28. Mark chapter 9, verse 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, after casting this demon out, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replies, this kind can, co can only come out by prayer. This kind can only come out by prayer. But what's interesting is that we don't see Jesus praying. We don't see him talking to the, the Father at all in this part of the story. And so what does Jesus mean here? And certainly the disciples were, were praying. They were trying to cast this demon out of the boy. So what does Jesus mean? What do you mean? We tried praying, Jesus. It doesn't work. What he means is that we must often withdraw to pray, to connect with the Father, to be refueled, to, be caught, to, to, to fulfill what we have been called to do. We can't just come into a situation, right, and just immediately step in. We need to receive. We need to have a lifestyle of withdrawing and being refueled. A lifestyle of connection with the Father. That is how Jesus, as acting as a man, he came as a man, was able to cast this demon out because he was in right relationship with the Father. He had come, in, come into the kingdom of God where he knew that he had dominion over this demon. And when we have submitted to the King of Kings, we are brought into the kingdom. We are now ambassadors of the kingdom, and we now have authority over these things. But we need to stay in right relationship with the Father. 
We need to be refueled in the secret place if we're going to do this. And in uh, Luke chapter 5, where Jesus is uh, healing the leper and we see him doing all sorts of stuff, you know, and Jesus gets away to the secret place. It's in this context of ministry, healing the sick and and preaching and teaching. And, And that is good, but I think we need to embiggen our understanding of what ministry is. Right? It, is, it does include you know, the things we do in and for church, but our ministry is just as valuable in our homes when we are uh, parenting and when we are loving our spouses. Right? Our ministry as ambassadors of the kingdom includes when we are out in the marketplace, when we are at our place of work, when we're at the grocery store, whatever we're doing, right? we need to be in right relationship with God to be ready to do what he's calling us to do. So we ignore the secret place to our own harm, to our own detriment. It is only there that we are reoriented and we are refueled. And again, I don't want to say that doing in the kingdom is not important because it is. But we want to, to do, we want to be fishers of men, we want to be ambassadors of the kingdom, not in order to prove that we're valuable, to prove that God can trust us but we want to do it from a place of rest and assurance in God's unfailing love for us. We want to find our identity not in what we do, not in what great uh, parents we are, not what a great spouse we are, not what a great employee we are, not what a great worship leader or, or preacher or Sunday school teacher or construction man, sorry, football player, whatever. Anything we do, we don't want to get our identity from that. We want to get our identity from being sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And then we do from that place. And we're going to talk more about that in the, the upcoming weeks. We, will, we serve God. We serve uh, our, uh, the people in our community through that place of resting in God's love. So I just want to take a moment here at the end of the, the service. Just to, let's just practice this for a second. Oh, that's weird, Mark. Right? And, and we're just going to, to close our eyes and we are just going to go into the secret place. Right here, yes, right here, the secret place, surrounded by 50 of our favorite friends. <laughs> and we're just going to turn our attention to the Father. Thank you, God. And Father, we confess that we can get caught up in doing. Or we can get caught up trying to prove our value, to prove our worth. To even show you that that we are good enough to be saved, that we have earned our place in your family. And Lord, we repent of that. Lord, we repent of of believing that we can somehow earn your love. So Lord, we just open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears to hear your voice this morning. Lord, would you speak your words of love right now?
we just drink deeply of your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you that we can trust you completely, that you are good, that you are faithful. Lord, we thank you that you love us unconditionally, just as we are. And Lord, we thank you that you aren't leaving us in that place, but that you are transforming us. You're changing us more and more into your image. And so we want to just be better at at practicing your presence, of being still before you, Lord, hearing your words of love. Thank you, Father. And so, God, I just bless every person here. Lord, that as they go from this place, they go home or go to the grocery store, whatever is ahead of them, God, that, that you would just open up their senses to your presence and to your love and let them find times to rest in that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And real quick, before we close, I just wanted to highlight a couple of resources that we have here at, at New Day um, that might facilitate, can help this uh, practice of waiting on God. Um, first is Hearing God's Voice by uh, Mark, Mark and Patty Verkler. God is speaking today. He wants to speak to you. And this has been a really effective book for many here at New Day and, and around the, the world to, to learn to kind of tune out the craziness of the world and tune into what the Father is saying. I also have a book available called Experiencing the Father's Embrace by Jack Frost. You guys read this recently, right, Luke? For, yes, he did, for the school. And uh, it is great. It's just Jack Frost carries a real uh, uh, understanding of the Father's love. And so reading this was, has caused real breakthrough for me and for many people that have, have read through that. And then Finding Father is like a 40-week, what is it? A journey into the loving arms of God. Oh, it's 12 weeks. It's a 12-week study guide. Uh, 40 weeks would be a long time. 12 weeks of just learning to, to rest in God. There's times of just soaking and journaling. And I was, I just, I did that last year, and it was a real breakthrough for me. Lastly, um, I've got, I don't know, we don't sell CDs. Do people still buy CDs? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, so we made some playlists. <laughs> And uh, if you just want some some of the music that we do here at at New Day, or there's some soaking music, just some quiet instrumental worship music, Uh, there's a Spotify playlist, a YouTube playlist, um, and uh, another YouTube playlist. So those are great just to allow to to be silent and just let the music play over you uh, while you're waiting on God. So that's it. If you would like any of those, they're available out yonder and... With that, you are dismissed. Am I right? We are-